Ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of the Pleasure Seeking Podcast. And today I have a, a guest with me who on a good day is very kind, friendly, compassionate, outgoing, helpful, funny, resilient, brave, so many adjectives. But on a bad day, he could be lazy, impatient, angry, annoyed, judgmental. You got it. Now, <laughs> He is an actor, was an actor, and is a writer today. And he's gone through so many difficult sides to his life story that we'll be talking about. But the interesting part of his life is that he's come out of everything through 
creativity. And this really rings a bell to me because I believe that creative uh, energy, whether we put it into writing, into acting, into speaking, singing, talking, anything, is really what helps us as humans socialize and, and extending ourselves to others. Um, he's done a lot of things in his life. Now, I don't want to take this show, steal the show from him, but I'll just uh, introduce him briefly. He's done a lot of things in his life, lived and traveled in many areas of the world, has been in great relationships with successful people. He worked uh, in interior design, in catering, hospitality, and entertainment, um, and uh, was an actor in many different roles. He has survived very serious illnesses, addiction, strokes, and cancer. He is a survivor. He was also a model, an escort, a dancer, an actor, a really interesting life this person's had. He's been homeless, penniless, jobless, and been on, but, but at the same time, been on episodes of, of important sitcoms on Seinfeld, Frasier, the uh, Larry Sanders show, and many others. Um, and he's played football, track, field, and as a teenager, and, you know, going, growing up and going through all of the steps that a man goes through high school and onwards, you know, you start to forge your uh, personality and who you are. Now, without any further ado, let me introduce you to Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Steinberg. Come on in, Kevin. Claudia. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. First of all, right away, I think of Claudia Cardinale. Bravo, bravo. Very <laughs> so, good. You've, you've been to Italy. That means. I, <laughs> I treated myself on my 50th birthday a few oh. years ago. It was oh. a lifelong dream come true. Oh, I oh. finally, I had the money and I took three weeks and traveled. Nice. Uh, uh, four years ago this month three weeks i traveled everywhere in italy and oh. it was everything i imagined and more oh how nice that's always so nice to hear that yeah when, you know, people yes, yes. when you're struggling day to day in this country but then somebody comes oh it's so beautiful <laughs> you always have a different experience anywhere you go as a visitor as opposed of course, to someone bravo, who's bravo. that's right an that's inhabitant true. but it was <laughs> it was just pure pure pleasure and wow. thank you so much for that beautiful introduction well it is you i mean that is you oh. <laughs> and, and i mean i did talk about no. your good days but also those bad days <laughs> right. you didn't over exaggerate and you didn't uh you know under explain <laughs> well that's what you're here for so <laughs> Funny. <laughs> you are too. <laughs> this is great that we start out like this. <laughs> only get better. <laughs> well, now I did mention um, that you've gone through such terrible things. And I always like yeah. to leave the best for last. Yeah. Uh, why don't mm -hmm. you, you know, let's talk about your uh, childhood. Give us, paint mm -hmm. us a picture of what it was like to grow up as Kevin Steinberg. So on the outside, everything looked joyous and wonderful. It was a very popular family living on a very popular street in a very popular neighborhood. You were born in Canada, right? This was Winnipeg, mm -hmm. Manitoba, Canada. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is in the 70s. I was a kid. And this area was called 
Garden City. And it was like every, I'm Jewish, and every other house on the block, uh, on my block, on the block behind, on the block in front, every other house was Jewish kids. And it, it was at a time where everyone just played on the street together. Mm. So if you didn't go outside, you were missing something. Oh, <laughs> good. And it was it was just wonderful. And it, uh, my brother and sister, I have an old brother and sister, they had lots of friends. I had lots of friends. My parents had lots of friends. Always people around. I had a, a huggy, kissy family. Ah. So it was very warm. I had a small family. My Baba had Friday night Shabbat dinner. What, what is Baba in? Baba is a grandmother. Grand ah, grandmother. Okay. Zeta is grandfather. So we always went there. Good. But on the inside, things were falling apart you oh. know <laughs> and how, what do you mean on the inside of you on, on your emotion? yes on the inside of the family and the, ah. the, the inside of me because ah. one from a very young age i well first of all i was very sensitive and mm -hmm. even though i was playing on the street i had a very sensitive creative side and i would retreat and by myself I loved music and I would listen to music by myself, by record albums and tuck away in a corner and just day put the record on and, and daydream and be taken away. So this is already telling you something because I always wanted to be somewhere else. Else, yeah. And I daydreamed all the time. Oh, I, I was a daydreamer too. Oh, so yeah, you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I didn't only read the paper, I always read magazines, movie magazines, and I also read, we had something called the World Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, God, and I know that. <laughs> every every year they they dropped off the thick book that was right. the yearly the year, roundup. Right, yes. I still have that. I have that at I, home, if you can still yeah. believe it. from. The... <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. As long as it's not water damaged, it's still... <laughs> <laughs> so many people it's like ah we threw it away it's rotter damage anyways oh. we belong to that and every year i couldn't wait because i wanted to escape to the and know what the world was like and so i read that from end to end every year and i would just take that book i would even take the book in the bathroom and they'd be oh. knocking on after half an hour they'd be like get out of there kevin <laughs> so and then t tv uh, i w was addicted to tv and always wishing like bewitched. I wish to bewitched. I was, <laughs> I was, I wish I was their kid or or the Brady Bunch. I wish I was one of their kids. And I'm, I'm kind of working backwards and all of this because two things that hit me is, or three, is that b being Jewish, they taught us very early on about the Holocaust in school. Uh -huh. And yeah. I was, I was mortified. I was, I was just sickened by what, people did to people right and specifically to my people so right away I felt like I'm not wanted here in this yeah. world there's people who don't want me so that made me feel bad then from a very young age I don't know which age but I knew I was attracted to men and mm -hmm. I knew that was wrong so already oh, too you wrong because you knew it was wrong because everyone else around you thought it was wrong right? it's, oh, in okay. the 70s that was the yeah, message sure, from sure, sure society at large right, from right. from from the laws from the government right, sure, from sure. you from your own family they would right. make they would make jokes and yeah, think yeah. they're funny mm -hmm. and so you get the message early on kids understand very early what's going on in the you know world yeah, of course. and we don't give them credit so i was like 
okay, two big strikes against me. And then my parents were unhappy and, and, and fighting and got divorced by the time I was 12, mm-hmm. which is from from what I've experienced and what I've read, a really tough age for parents. Tough age, very tough. When yeah. you're just trans, uh, transferring from a kid to puberty and going yeah. through all of that and, and sexually awakening is is very confusing. And my mom had, this isn't against her because my mom wasn't happy with my marriage. My dad was a gambling addict mm-hmm. and, and he was never around. And he was never the type to who really, who, he was not marriage material or parents material. Mm-hmm. And so my mom looked elsewhere and she had an affair with a family friend. Oh. And yes. And they became. Ooh, sounds like a movie. You know, you can oh, write a script on this. This I've is I've been good. thinking about that for years. I'm glad you said that because yeah. I want to. I don't know if I should make this a movie or like a comedy series like The Wonder oh. Years. Oh, it doesn't sound like a comedy, but it sounds, <laughs> you know, a little bit. Oh. <laughs> Definitely interesting. I don't know if people are going to be laughing, but. But there's, thank you. There's a lot there, and I've, it's been on my mind. This this would make a really good story. Mm-hmm. So she had an affair, and they ended up getting married and being married to each other longer than they were to their previous spouses. Mm-hmm, so this mm-hmm. was this was the love and the marriage and relationship that was meant to happen. Uh-huh. But so there was just a lot of uh, a lot of inner turmoil growing yeah, up. Yeah, a lot of inner turmoil, yeah. But mm-hmm. then you had all of these other people around you, you know, your siblings yes. and your mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it was, is, is that called a dichotomy? There was like this real real, real warmth. Outside. And mm-hmm. Socializing, and right. there were people there, but there was this real loneliness. Inside. On yeah. the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, dissonance in in any case. <laughs> There's something wrong there. <laughs> yeah. So so let's say that now we are grown up, though, right? Yes. We do yes. grow up. We can't really have to stop yeah. blaming our parents. And I, <laughs> yeah, when told, is the date oh. that we can stop? <laughs> Some people don't, sadly. <laughs> yeah. Sadly. Oy, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so now we're getting into because you were an actor as well. Well, how did you get into that? I. First of all, I was very shy as a kid because... Oh, how do you like that? Uh, and uh, people are shocked to learn that. Mm-hmm. And I was cast in a play at the Jewish Community Center. And <laughs> when it came time for my line, I looked at the audience and I I froze. <laughs> That's great. I wanted to cry. <laughs> I bet. So did the audience. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh, isn't he so cute? And I was like, Rah! so anyways, but I, 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 I fought, I fought whatever my shyness and fear was of being in front of people. I fought it and I auditioned for acting school and got into one of Canada's top acting schools at the time. Oh, interesting. Uh, Ryerson in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then I went to go study there and that was the start of my acting and my theater career. Now, they were grooming a certain type of actor, oh. which was a Shakespearean actor for the Stratford oh. and, and Shaw Festival. Oh, dear. I was a football player. and oh. a, <laughs> At the time, yeah. Athlete and track. And yeah. <laughs> I didn't fit into I was more of a TV and movie guy, L.A., right. you know. Right. Yeah, I had yeah. a look. 
I didn't have technique and the talent the other kids had. So after one year, I was not asked back. Mm-hmm. And so then I started my professional career and just started auditioning and started getting theater roles. And then so get- you went to LA then. So first, uh, I was in Toronto and. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, L.A. came about because I had always dreamed of being in L.A. because I was an actor and I didn't want to be in the snow and the cold in, in Canada. So right. on all right. accounts, I wanted to be in L.A. Right. And I entered the citizenship lottery or the ah, green card lottery. The lottery. Yeah. How lucky is that? Yeah. And on the first try, I knew people who like were tr- yeah. trying and trying and trying. And on the first try, they picked my number and I said... I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. And you so haven't that was, left. So since no, then you've that, been in... Ah, there's more. There's uh, that was 93, 94. Okay. Well, I've lived so many places. Uh, I mean, I always come back to L.A. And I have res- I've resettled in L.A. like yeah. phew, six, seven years ago. Uh-huh. And I have come and gone from a acting career. But there has always been a creative through line of, of being in and around the field of entertainment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So, so let's say uh, you talked about the Shakespearean uh, casting, you know, that, that mm. and it didn't work for you. So then what were you being cast as? I mean, what, uh, what were you good for? <laughs> <laughs> I was good for nothing. No. <laughs> um, I was doing c- contemporary plays and mm-hmm. avant-garde plays mm-hmm. and plays where... You know, people were taking their clothes off, and I was like, "Whatever, I don't care." Yeah, I do. I do care. I learned pretty quickly. But I was just auditioning for for contemporary stuff, and then transitioned into Canadian CBC TV shows. Okay, so CBC and is the uh, national is one of the national or the national? Uh, I think that's channel. the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Corporation, and it's the main big networker station owned by the Mm -hmm. governments in Canada Mm -hmm. and so I was getting roles and then as I was getting roles that's when I got my green card and and I was also I had co-created a theater festival with a friend I was very I'm very proactive I'm all about Mm -hmm. if that festival doesn't want me then I'm going to create my own and that's what me yeah. (laughs) yeah that's what me and my friends did and so we we were very successful in a very short time of establishing our theater festival on the summer Toronto theater scene. Mm-hmm. And for three years, I was an artistic director for that. And then I handed that over too when I got my, I won the lottery for my green card. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm out, I'm out of here. And I also had this, I'm going to show them because I thought that, I felt that Toronto really didn't re- think very much of me the the creative uh-huh. com- community and i thought yeah. i'm, I'm going to show them i'm going to show them so what did you do yeah um what did you then do <laughs> actually I, there so the industry you have to you have to have talent but first you have to have a look and you have to have uh like a certain you know energy about right. you but mm-hmm. talent is last if talent will keep yeah. you <laughs> yeah. in the game yeah. but first it's you know it is a lot based on who you know i mean you you see a lot of nepotism or people who are the kids of, of actors yes, of course who are who have an uncle or a cousin and 
there in the business, in front and behind the scenes. And so very fortunately, I had a friend who was friends with someone in LA. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anyone except a cousin. And this person ended up being a very, he was still at the beginning of his career, but very quickly he was becoming a very big TV director of, uh -huh. of comedy series. And we met and we began a, a relationship. And uh, you mean a, an emotional relationship? I'm gay, so we became a couple. Ah, no. okay. Not a relationship, a working relationship. Yeah. This was no. a great relationship, a real relationship. <laughs> All these doors mm -hmm. opened because of he would introduce me to right. these. Right, so, so it was an emotional relationship. It was a romantic relationship. It was nice. romantic, okay. yes. So it seems and that that sort of fell into your lap in, in many yes. respects, you know? Yes. You don't yes. expect to fall in love with somebody, you know, that you just meet like that. So, so that is interesting. That is interesting. I, I'm getting the impression, though. In the, I'm getting a premonition here that there's also a very bad side to this. Is that is that true? Is are my psychic <laughs> abilities working? For well, me? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I um, well, first of all, I fought it because at the time this was before Will and Grace and before Ellen came out as gay, uh -huh. and. I didn't want anyone to know that I was gay. So I fought it and fought it and fought it. And then finally I couldn't fight it anymore. I said, okay, all right, I have the same feelings. And so people will know that, I, that I'm gay. Right. And a lot of doors opened. And the thing at the time when I look back is that I had a look because I was bald and muscular and this is the mid nineties and not everyone back then was bald and muscular. <laughs> and I mean too. I, I have a picture of you where you have that little mean look to you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, don't fuss with him, you know. <laughs> but see that that was the problem because I was such a sweet kid. I worked <laughs> I, I, I worked hard at the business end of things. I was very gracious and I um but but, but I had trouble with I was working so hard at the talent thing yeah, and I could understand it up here, but I couldn't, you know, in my head, but I just, I was working. I was the wheels. What did they say? Like the, the wheels were the wheels really were turning, uh -huh. turning and people could see them turning. And when people would bring me in for a TV show, if there was a ca cameras freaked me out because I had this thing. I thought a camera, I didn't know how to relate to it. Oh. And that's a different type of acting. And also, I thought the camera was like a microscope and it saw into me and it saw that I was gay and saw who I really was. Well, definitely now. Come on. We know. I mean, Kevin, I can see the theater is, is a whole different ball game, of yeah. course. And, and yeah. cameras, you really don't know what they're looking at. Right. And it's yes. it's, it's yes. awful. Yeah. And, and yeah. let's let's tell the truth here. This is a spoiler alert. Yeah. We were, before we were. Um, we started recording this kevin was telling me about his new podcast what's the name of the new podcast kevin frankly kev frankly kev and we were talking about that and what is so nice about uh, podcasting is there's no camera <laughs> you could be in your pajamas and your slippers and your hair can be a mess and <laughs> yeah. So let's get back to those cameras. Um, so, so how long did that period last um, that, for you? That, 
That was two and a half years, and my tra tra trajectory, if you look at a chart, was just going up. I mean, that's the period that I booked us. Larry Sanders, Seinfeld, Fraser, Married with Children, News Radio, which were, were all hit shows at the time. Mm -hmm. But I booked I booked those shows as long as there was no camera in the room, and it, it was just ah. me and the casting director, ah. which is like which is like theater. Right, it's like theater. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't figure out, I could not figure out how to act for the camera, how to just relax and be still. Uh, mm. And then my uh, uh, my 29th to my 30th year was, ah, was, okay. very, was, was very tough. I received a because lot of... Because of that? Because of that difficulty or tough for a no, different No, it's just, you know, we have we have good years and bad years, as, right, as you sure, know, as sure. in our in our field and in right. a creative field, certainly it just goes up and down and up and down. Well, this was I'd been pursuing acting for 11 years and this was like my just my worst year. Like I thought oh, the world, what did they say? The world is my oyster or yeah, right. everything I want I'm getting. And that year it was just rejection after rejection. And my boyfriend broke up with me. Okay, so there was my premonition. I'm pretty good yes. as a psychic. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, and so, so now did that, I'm going to ask you because I'm trying to think yeah. of uh, uh, the, the effect of that. Did that spell the end of your career or the end of that phase as an actor? It, so, as a looking back, it was just the end of a phase. Okay. But I being very emotional mm -hmm. i didn't know this i had anger issues ah i didn't know this that but how I... did that play out see this for me when someone talks about anger issues yeah because uh, yeah. i'm a hot i'm italian so it's very natural yeah. for me to just flip you know and start screaming right. but and right. but it's cultural it may be cultural how did it play out for you i couldn't control the industry to, to hire me or the choices right. or things, sure, things sure. that I didn't of get. Course. And I couldn't control, even though I went back to my boyfriend asking to take me back, he didn't, and I couldn't control him. Right. And I, I flew into a rage, and I didn't know what to do with all, all of this energy, energy that was consuming me. Right. And I left, I left L.A., and I had to get distance from L.A. and distance right. from everything and everyone. Right. That's the only thing, and this is repetitive throughout my life that ah, when okay. things you get up and go i get up and go i always have a plan but i've learned you gotta stay and you have to face what's going on that's but where so was the anger how did that uh, how did that show i mean did you start bad you know beating the walls in with your hands or throwing oh, things on the you know i want I, to get it be graphic here i would like to <laughs> i'll i'll tell you i actually ripped my whole apartment apart Oh my and goodness. A, and a friend, I just flew into a rage and uh -huh. my friend came over and she looked at my room. It was like a tornado went right. through it. I can and imagine. she was like, oh my God, somebody's yeah. really angry. Oh, That's yeah. how it manifested itself. Okay, I get it. And then I just picked up and left and went to house it for a friend's ranch in New Mexico. Uh-huh. And I, I just needed time out. I needed a breather. I knew I was going to come back and pick up my career. And I was actually thinking, because I've always loved writing, and I know you want to get to that later. Oh, yeah, but sure. I've, I always loved writing, and I thought, well, if they don't want 
if, if, if I read as gay on film and they don't want that, uh, or I can't handle that, I'm going to transition to being a writer behind the scenes. And I was working on that, and then I and happened... I'm, I'm going to stop you just a second. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you say that, you know, because you were saying, you always said, well, mm -hmm. I had a plan. When you thought the beginning, you know, the first um, seeds, when you thought about writing, did you immediately think of the genre? Did you immediately think of what kind of writing? Did you immediately think mm -hmm. of, you know, using what you knew and putting it in writing? Or, or was that a little hazy for you? I know that I always wanted to write film scripts because I loved film. So mm -hmm. that's all I could think of. I didn't know how. I didn't. I wasn't taking classes. I had been journaling and creative right. writing on my own. Uh -huh. Maybe I was going to pull some things out of my journal and turn them into a script. But in my mind, it was always screenwriting and for film. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then right when I was going to come back to Los Angeles, my boyfriend found me in the desert and called me. Oh. <laughs> and said, I've been looking for you. I finally found you. And everything that I felt for him mm -hmm. came rushing back up because all I did was just suppress it. You mean came rushing up in a good way? Uh, in, in a good way, but a, a way I couldn't accept because I couldn't have him and I still wanted him. And well, wait a I, minute now. Of course, I, this begs the question. Yeah. What, the heck, what did he want? <laughs> I mean, I'm looking for you. Well, come on. What did he want? Uh, did he want to give you work? Did he want to have you back? Did he want... What did he... What was he looking no, for? No, I... I think that he's... Uh, he's genuinely cared about me. Okay. And was concerned about me and, you know, liked or loved me. But maybe I was just too much to handle because this is before I knew that I got depressed and I, I used to call it the clouds would come okay. rolling of rolling in right. and sometimes he would want to talk about things and i did i didn't have the, i didn't have the tools i didn't yeah. know how mm -hmm. and i was fearful if whatever i said would be the wrong thing right i was i was mature professionally and socially but i was emotionally very immature uh-huh well there's a were, lot of there was a low sense of self-esteem too yeah. Totally, which yeah. I did not know of because I put on this armor. Armor, yeah. Of yeah. confidence, Kevin, oh, going out there what? in the at world. At least that. At least, you know, that you were good at doing that. You know? Yes. But that came off in a very extreme way because when I left and when the industry, I got a lot of rejection after getting so many yeses and open doors. And when my boyfriend wouldn't take me back, I went from thinking that, you know, I'm I'm a, a Greek god on a pedestal. Right. To right. You're a ten. Uh, <laughs> You're a ten, yeah. To I'm a piece of shit in the gutter. Was it was it three or lower? <laughs> it's a minus one. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> and I, I remember this because this is really where my mind went. And this yeah. is uh, this is then when you don't work on yourself, on your inner self, and the armor comes off, the true you, you're, you're left with your true essence, your true you that you have to work on. And yeah. you're right. I didn't see for till years later that I had a core of, of low self-esteem. And I, 
Instead of coming back, Talay, a friend to me, suggested that we go to Burning Man. Do you know Burning Man? No, no. Where is that? I need water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, you still haven't answered my question about why that man came looking for you. Oh, and you were not going to sidestep it because no, I want <laughs> I've never, I've never asked him and he's, he's still in my life. I'm friends with his husband. Oh, They've been together oh, 20 years. Okay, okay. And I've never brought this up. And he actually, to break up with me, I don't, oh. I think. I think I was his first homosexual relationship because okay, before so me... Okay, so he needed closure in some way. Yeah, but he he was with an actress before me, and um, I think he just didn't know. He didn't want to hurt me, or he didn't know how to do it, or maybe I wasn't taking a hint. Right. And he actually okay. broke up with me at his therapist's office. Oh, dear. He, for wow. years, I was I was livid. He he said, let's, let's go to couples therapy, and instead... Oh Oh dear. It was, yeah. I, I felt like I was uh, steam, is it steamrailed? Steamrolled? Yes, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah well, whatever. You were hit that hard. Instead of couples therapy, he was uh, using his therapist to help break up with me. Right, I see, I see. This, anyway, so I was really, so obviously I was really hurt. That's another yeah. phase down the drain. So that yeah. we're into the third phase here. And yeah. you're, you're still out in New Mexico. And uh, what happened there? I mean, did you get... Because I vaguely oh. remember New York, um, so, but um, but you re refresh my memory. <laughs> Burning Man is a, a sorry. A, we can get to New York yeah, because sure. that's that's later. Burning Man is a festival in the desert, the Black Rock ah. City, somewhere in uh -huh. Nevada. Okay. And it's up to about seventy thousand people now. At the time, it was thirteen thousand people, mm -hmm. and it's this incredible city of um, artists and. Technophiles, mm -hmm. and they had an opera and art installations, but it was also you could do. It was was that Euphoria or Atlantis? Like you could do anything that you want there. You could have sex, you could do drugs, you could drink, and if somebody didn't like it, then just move on. Mm -hmm. And it was a very accepting place, and everything you brought to the desert, you left with. But and, is it the same? Um, uh, sorry for interrupting you, but today yeah, that yeah. that festival does it have that same quality, or yes. has it just been updated to? Because no. that sounds more like a flower child, Very. you know. But now, is it the same type of atmosphere? It is the same because they have not allowed. They've refused every big company who has come in to say, "We want to sponsor you. We want to okay, sponsor I you." Get it. I get it. They said, yeah. "No, okay. stay away." So they have been able to retain their core ideal and mandate, and they're still mm -hmm. the same. And there's people who, who go there as you bring costumes and you dress up, and there's people who participate, and there's people who observe. And there's families who go. There's big high-tech or entertainment industry CEOs who fly in by helicopter. <laughs> make, a, make an apparition, you know, appearance. Right. And then... <laughs> so I had always being a, a career boy and being raised the way I was and always worried about the senator being around and the senator I'm saying like I'm always being watched by someone and I have to behave in public an institutional figure mm. exactly and uh, also being an athlete and also because of my my influence on my brother I thought drugs and drinking were stupid uh -huh. so I tried them but I, I wasn't into any of it well, at Burning Man, I finally said, wait a second, who 
Who says? Are you throwing caution to the winds now? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Big time. Oh, well, here we go. I said, who's, who, Hold who on, says drugs and drinking? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> who says drug and dr uh, drinking is stupid? You should try at everything at least once in your life. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I tried you everything. Liked it. And I liked it. I didn't know. I did not know I was an addict. And the skies the, the opened the up. Living, the heavens yeah, parted. Yeah. God was talking to me. And I met these wonderful, creative people from San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were freaks. I say freaks, fags, and drag queens. And yeah. they're my Pied Piper. And instead of coming back to L.A. and resuming ah, my I get career, it. I get it, I get it. Mm -hmm. I followed the Pied Piper to San Francisco. Nice, and this, interesting. interesting. This started this my, my drug career, but also becoming fully embracing my homosexuality. Okay, so, so let's say that this is a real interesting twist here because, you know, at the same time, though, I'm thinking of the creative element. I mean, because we are into this actor career, but then the drugs come in and then all of a sudden these people in your life, the, the, mm. the freaks and drugs, you know, drag queens and yeah. all that. And yeah. San Francisco, as it is a city, you know, um, how long did that last? When you could have said, when you could say, yeah, I was addicted for this many years. Yeah. Um, two years. I had to leave San Francisco because I recognized something in myself that, that was unfamiliar to me. And I became a party boy. And I was not only doing drugs on the dance floor, they had come home and I was doing them uh -huh. at home. And I s literally said to my boyfriend at the time, I have to leave, otherwise. I'm gonna die here. Yeah. And that's why I left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize you can leave the party, but the party doesn't leave you. Leave you. Yeah. Oh dear. A and There's once I get twist here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really hope that I'm answering your questions and you and people are able to follow my story. Yeah, I'm getting no no, the story's very, very clear because all there is another bout with uh, another uh, disease because you, you hmm. put those together you know you hmm. put depression addiction and cancer all in the same hmm. category of disease or illness and um, how can now can you let's say distinguish one from the other that you've gone through the uh, addiction on one on the one hand uh, cancer and then uh, the uh, depression yeah how do you see them in terms of uh, seriousness or uh, their effect on you? Do they all have the same type of effect on you? No, no all very different. Uh, the addiction I was very angry about because it told me that out of me and my siblings, I'm the one who inherited my dad's DNA. And ah, now, okay, I see, I see, I see. Now, yeah. I'm, I want to the... swear, but I'm not going to. I'm my, I'm my effing dad. Okay, so then you're damn depressed. Yeah. <laughs> then you... So <laughs> then I'm angry and I'm depressed about that. And I'm like, oh, God. But he never, he never admitted it and God helped. I admitted it and God helped, even yeah, though that's a long different. struggle. Of course, they're different yeah. years, too. Yeah, and, right. Um, 
the yeah. communication socially was different then. Yeah. Um, so, so when did the cancer come in? So the cancer, the first time, didn't ah. come until oh. two. It started growing. I didn't know it was cancer. I didn't know what was wrong with me around 2006, 2007. Uh -huh. But it was finally in 2009, I was diagnosed with a rare head and neck cancer. And ah. I had surgery and radiation successful uh, but it did return about four years ago and now it's it's a chronic type of cancer it's not do they say acute or fatal yeah yeah and I've never ever thought of my experience with cancer nothing compared to addiction or depression oh, I've really? always really no I've in always been like in what way uh, Okay, I know that it's serious, yes, and of I know, I know that a lot of people have it, and I know that a lot of people die from it, or I don't know, get are disfigured, or their life changes, and so forth. Debilitating. It's a debilitating. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. And I never, and and I knew from a young age, or I thought from a very young age, because both of my mom's parents died from cancer. Ah. I had read early on that it skips a generation, so very early on I said, ah, I'm going to get cancer when I grow up. Okay. So I don't know if I was like always ready for it. And I go, oh, I see, here it I is. See. But I just, because I didn't feel sick, because yeah. I did, I was asymptomatic. Oh. Because I kept going with my life as, as just, it, as it always was, I... I didn't feel what other what a lot of people go through or suffer through yeah. or think about it, and I've I've never thought of it. And it came back four years ago. I live now with, it's metastasized from my head and neck uh -huh. to my lungs. I live with twelve tumors in my lungs. Oh dear! So you're managing? Could we say you're managing it? it? So this is something like like diabetes. This right, is something okay. to mm -hmm. manage to watch. Mm -hmm. and to manage and right. so i have a different experience than a lot of other cancer patients do. right it sounds like it, it does sound yeah. like it but you know i'm thinking if the, does the was the depression woven in to those uh, two bouts of of you know the the addiction first and then the cancer and then was depression just always an underlying or a background sensation or was that a, 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 a its own ball game there was that something completely different? The depression was always there, Latent. but uh -huh. it, it, it was in the back, and it was uh -huh. small. I don't know how else to describe it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I said the, cl the clouds are rolling in. The clouds, okay. And I found out finally when I was 30 or 32, in my early 30s or beginning of my 30s, that I finally went to someone and I was diagnosed for the first time with a seasonal affective disorder, oh, which made sense because it came around in the winter the when the days yeah. Yeah. are short yeah. and dark. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to take anything. I said, I'm not going to be a shiny, happy person. I want to be Kevin, and I don't want to have to take a prescription the rest of my life. But there came a point in my life that it just started getting worse and more frequent mm -hmm. and i wonder maybe someone can prove this i wonder if it was my my drug use because mental health and addiction and depression a lot of this uh, is, goes hand in hand hand in hand mm -hmm. yeah and it started getting more severe and finally 
I do take something, mm-hmm. and it, it does it it does it helps help. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how interesting! That's a success story right there. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think we can get to the real oh. gritty here—the writing. <laughs> no, because I was I was very very envious when we spoke um, early on. Uh, now it's I guess it's a month ago. Um, when you spoke about these writing circles, because I'm a writer, but I've never mm. been. Yes, I I am lying. I am <laughs> part of a, a circle of a very small circle of people who are doing are writing with me. Uh, but we do not. We talk about technique. We mm-hmm. talk about strategy, motivation, um, outreach, and our proposals. But we don't actually talk about the writing on the page. And this is different when when you explained it to me. Let's talk about that. Yes. So I have always, as I mentioned, I've always journaled and I've always taken, been in private writing groups and taken creative writing courses. And I once mentioned poetry and screenwriting, mm-hmm. but for the la- it's really coalesced the last three years where I belong to about two or three different writing groups. Mm-hmm. And these are people who are doing it, TV series, web series, movies, working in the industry and working towards selling a script who are supporting each other and actually have scripts to bring each week or right. each month to the group mm-hmm. to read to get feedback and we talk a lot about uh, technique and you know what you have to do for a half hour comedy show and what you have to do for a one hour drama series and what you have to do for a short film and for a full feature-length film and if it's horror there's so many different elements there's a way to set up your script there's a rhythm to it there's a first act you can have one to to three acts i believe for a comedy show and one to five acts for a drama Mm -hmm. series and they they uh, the comments are amazing because they talk they they talk about this and they could point this out to help you it's all constructive nobody's tearing you down Um, they can talk about dialogue they could talk about the rhythms of comedy they could talk about what's what's working the 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 pacing or or which character sometimes you have too too many characters in a project and you have to take three of them and combine them into one character for what what you want to say so mm-hmm. it's just incredible what I've learned just on the, right. in the last three years. So, so I, let me let's scratch a little bit under the surface there, yeah. and um, that that's the group, right? Before you get to that group, of course, yeah. you have to produce something, right? Yeah. Um, typically, how do you or and I hate the question because if people ask me this question, I just get so angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you set yourself up for? writing in this way in the sense that do you have a set schedule do you have uh do you set aside time during the day only on the weekends only on monday wednesday friday i mean do you have a habit that you establish or do you wait till the you know the, it hits you and the light goes off and then you just throw everything down on the page what works so, for you i used to be like that like and, what until the motion moves me the feeling inspires ah, me and okay, okay, then I, I used to be like that ah. and it used to be torturous to try and force myself to write something when I just wasn't feeling it and garbage would come up out right. of me but you need discipline whether you right. want to write or not you have to have the discipline of the being actively writing every day and some so you're days, telling me you've become disciplined 
believe it or not. No, believe it no. Or not. I want to know how because I need a strong dose I, of discipline. I never, fin- I say, I never finished anything uh, written in my life. I had all these ideas and right, I would start right. scripts. That was a problem for me way back when, yeah. Yeah, and I would get to page 5 to 20 of something and then it's like a cat sees a, uh, a dog sees a squirrel. Oh, oh, off to the next Gone. thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Next, no. And um, and finally, something happened. This is, this is because, I believe, because of COVID. Ah. Because yes, I had... I get it. I had always in my mind... I didn't make COVID happen, trust me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Shall we trust him, ladies and gentlemen? Shall we trust him? Okay, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt, Kevin. <laughs> I had always dreamed of the the world yeah. going on pause. So <laughs> I yeah. so I could catch up and that I could focus on what I love doing. And sit and do it and not have to be anywhere and catch up to the rest of the world. Yeah, that's how I experienced it myself. Yeah, I, and, I was so thankful. Yeah. Yes. So I know, I know it was terrible for, for a for, lot uh, of for, people. It was, it was terrible. Yeah. yeah. It, it was. And, and yes, and uh, in certain ways it was, it, I experienced that as well. But I have to say, I'm, I'm so thankful for it because it focused me. Yeah. I got to see what I could do. Right. I sat down every day with nothing in my way nowhere to be you couldn't be anywhere and i wrote and i finally was able to to finish something and see i am capable of doing this okay and i just i just love it so 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 let's go back to to being a little more precise so so let's say on a typical day do you set aside only the morning hours Uh, do Mm. you is there a how how disciplined are you it has to be, you know, it can be any time. So I have to say, okay. like, when All people right. say, my morning coffee, and I go to that corner table in front of the window, and, you know, I'm good for one to four hours. No, 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 that, that's that's not me. Mm-hmm. It can happen any anytime, I, anywhere I can fit it in in the, in the day. So you do write every day. That's yes. the idea, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe there's a couple of days I miss. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have to see the smirk on this guy's face when I when <laughs> the truth comes out. But yes, I am much more honed on the craft and the skill and the the discipline. Good, of, good. Of just doing it and knowing, trusting that yeah. even if I have a caca day. Yeah, a caca day. Yeah, I get that. That's that. That's okay. That's that, that's right. part of the, that's part of the process. Yeah, yeah. So, so let me ask the horrible question of Uh-oh. how far away, you know, because it, it, for nonfiction and fiction, well, that are, of course is so different from script writing. Mm. There's a whole different way, you know. We make book proposals, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. there is a certain mm-hmm. format and timing and when and what they want and how, you know, the whole bit. But for a script, has um, do you have an idea? of uh, have you tried proposing your work yet or are we far from there no i don't i'm not far from there but i'm not there quite yet Mm -hmm. i've friends who are writers yeah keep sending me 
information to enter my script into this festival or that one or this competition or that one or to take it into uh, this internship or whatever and I don't feel it's, it's not fear I just have learned that sometimes you only get that one chance. One chance, right. You're, you're right. Mm-hmm. And it's not about being perfect. I just have to feel it's good enough to put out there. And I'm at the place that I'm getting a lot of positive feedback in my groups, and I am anxious. And usually I'm impatient, so usually I would just throw something out there. But I want it to be, and it could be, you know, six months away. I want it to be right where... It feels it. I'll know. Okay. I'll know inside oh, where well, it feels then, it needs you know, to be. I'll be expecting some more information. So <laughs> in future, you're going to be coming back and you're going to tell us when that happens and what it was like. So uh, uh, you remember I told you about yes. this new podcast and the, the writing voice. And yes. so when that comes around, you'll be back and you're going to tell yes. us about script writing. So that's the yes, point. yes. More and the, the writing goes into the podcast too because this is yes. also yes where. I can tell my story, right. delve, delve deeper into different episodes where I focus on a different part of my life uh-huh. or a different facet of my life. And so this is under that umbrella of having uh-huh. the different segments and series and shows. And one of them is where I can, I don't have to wait to sell it or, you know, go in a room and try and sell it for two years. I have a podcast and I'm going to yes. put, put put my stories out there that's how my podcast started actually just you know get reading my chapters yes. and letting me hear what it sounds like and then yeah. editing so yeah. let's see um so this is kevin steiner today now kevin i'm not going mm-hmm. to ask you where you want to be in five years no <laughs> but i will <laughs> ask you um what today today what gives you the most pleasure in your life First, I was going to say writing because truly I, I love me too. What I love about it, and, and, and more than acting or any of that, uh, any of those other roles, creative roles in the TV and, and, and film or theater, is that it starts with a blank page. Yes, you, yes. The writer. You know, it's kind of like God. You're creating something where there's nothing. You're creating yeah. a world. Yeah. You're creating the characters, the dialogue, the scenarios, the yeah. locations. Yeah. That's what I really love is just, it's beyond, you know, this is almost like my daydreams manifesting themselves now uh, as a script and becoming something more concrete. And I could yeah. just say, oh. That's interesting. Of course, you have to then know what's going to sell and what people want to hear. Well, of you know? course, that's <laughs> you know, someone has to read it, so you have to write for them. Yeah, but exactly. For me, I've never said this publicly, but writing mm. for me is orgasmic. I mean, oh, it gives me so much pleasure. I love it, especially when you know it's going in the right direction. Yes, You're so happy. That's when I take a break. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But isn't, isn't that wonderful when you're writing, 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 and then suddenly you hit a section and it's like you're just on this slide. Yes, and you just you're on a slide. Glide, yeah. You yeah. just glide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, people, especially in, in this type, the genre, this nonfiction, but even in fiction, mm. um, generally, you even as you have studied, you know, creative writing and all of that mm-hmm. growing up, they always say, well, then you leave it 
two or three days and go back to read it. Yes. Ah, uh, I hated to do that. But it, it does make a difference. And, it, and when you get that surprise, when you go back and read it and get that surprise, oh my God, it feels so good. It but really they say, does. put it away in the drawer. Right. And then you can be more objective. And usually I've heard it anywhere from a month to a year. Oh. Oh. And it's amazing. Yeah. What I what I've come back to what I thought oh I love this I love this I love this, and when I come back to it, I still and love it. But yeah. I could see I could it's see lost. where it needs work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this, which is good. This which is yeah. good. You know because yeah. then you grow and you grow. So mm -hmm. so let's say that that's going to be part of your future. Definitely, mm -hmm. it is your present. But it, I, I can see this playing out for the rest of your life. Really. Um, and with much uh, success as well, because it's the moment you sell something is going to be such a high, no matter mm. how little it is, mm -hmm. or even if it's mm -hmm. on a festival, whether it's accepted to be shown, mm -hmm. it will be such a high mm -hmm. that, again, you're coming back and you're going to talk about it. <laughs> you're so sweet. And I, I believe this podcasting this is something that i feared or didn't know how to do for five years yeah. and also because because of covid maybe because i was isolated and my thing is i need people and yes. i need to yes, communicate i need to talk with people i need to exchange ideas i need to hear people and i put it out there on my facebook page and the feedback oh, about how nice me That's doing a podcast and me writing my life story was so positive. I was like, oh, oh, well, I you guess didn't expect I... that. <laughs> no, I expected crickets. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was because I've learned don't don't expect anything. So you won't right. be let down. Right? Right, right. I expected crickets and I got back the biggest response I've ever had to a Facebook post post. Oh, interesting. And I was like, well, then I guess now I'm doing a podcast yeah, and right. writing my story. Right. So here we are. So. Oh, great. Oh, God. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how to, uh, because I, I usually, it's not enough to say, well, all the best to you. No, that, that, that's, <laughs> that kind of line won't work here. <laughs> that's caca. That's caca <laughs> no, Kevin, I'm expecting you back in the fall, Aww. because then when I've kicked off that, Aww that series on writing and the voices in writing will be talking about voice and and how you get a voice how do you find the quality of a voice for a certain character for a certain piece you know a, a certain a particular yeah. genre because you yeah. work with different uh, genres I, I believe yes. um that would be so so this is going to be another invitation i'm saying it in front of oh, everyone and God so they you. will hear you <laughs> they so will they'll be expecting you too so sweet. that's so sweet i am i'm i'm up for it and yes Good. anytime Good. anytime all right kevin thank you so much for being with us and you know, being so candid about this uh, extraordinary uh, life with all the meandering, you know, good and bad sides Aww. to it. I, I appreciate your candidness. Thank Thanks. you so much for having me on, Claudia. I really all right, we'll had have you an again. Amazing time. Thank good. you. Good. Bye, bye, Kevin. Bye, bye.
Your ultimate. 